hear me okay? Is that good? Okay. Uh, good evening. <laughs> it's good to be back with you again this evening uh, for this evening worship. And I just had to make sure everything was turned on and, <laughs> and you guys can hear me. So I'm thankful once again to be back here. Uh, as it was mentioned, uh, I do see some faces that were not here this morning. So uh, I just want to kind of take a second to reintroduce myself again. My name is Dan Fraley. I'm from Elkhorn City, Kentucky. Uh, I just come back from a stint in Alaska. I believe that wasn't uh, mentioned. And so, uh, but I am thankful to be back here once again to share another portion of God's Word. And this evening, we're kind of going along with the same theme of what we are to expect or what's, what we can do in 2018. If you remember this morning, <clears throat> uh, we talked a little bit about First Peter during the Bible lesson and how uh, you know, when facing persecution and all these things, we can still find joy and find happiness in the Lord. And so we have to remember, as I stated this morning, that the battle is already won, and so we can rejoice in that. And that is a reason to rejoice, which is what I spoke on during the sermon this morning. And I talked a little bit about why we should rejoice, about all the things that God did for us, and all the things that Jesus Christ did for us, and where Christ is now, and what that should really lead us to do, right? And so tonight we're going to be talking about uh, how to rejoice more or less, and, and that is really having a vision, having a vision for your life. You know, we ask kids all the time when they're little, we always say this, what do you want to be when you grow up, right? And we ask that, and we always get an answer, they always say something uh, some uh, high moral uh, answer that they always give. You know, they want to be a fireman or they want to be a lawyer or they want to be a doctor or something like that. And then you get on a little later in life and you ask them in high school, well, what do you want to be? And they still kind of have an idea of what they want to be unless, you know, you were like my daughter who really didn't have a clue <laughs> until she's a senior in high school and now she's saying she wants to be a doctor. And then you get to a freshman in college and they you ask them what do you want to be and and most of the time, they're all the time changing their majors, right? Has anybody ever been to college and you got to where you're a freshman and this is where you thought you wanted to be, but only to find out later when you started a course that you were going down that that really wasn't necessarily what you wanted to be, right? And so now, <clears throat> I think about the world that we live in and what's going on with most of the young, younger generation. You ask people now... Uh, what they want to be or where they want to go or what kind of direction do they want to have. And if they don't have Christ, a lot of times the younger generation just does not know, right? They don't want to know uh, what they want to do with their life. And that's kind of tragic because that really does a lot of times lead to a tailspin. It leads to a person being angry, not really ending up in life where they want to be or where, or where they want to go. And that's kind of scary in and of itself because it leads to anger, it leads to strife. And a lot of times in today's society and in today's America, it could lead to drug abuse, it could lead to alcoholism, and it could lead to all these different things all because someone didn't have a vision for their life or they didn't have guidance or, most importantly, they didn't have God's Word to guide them. And so that's the kind of scary part. If you'll turn with me in your Bible to Proverbs chapter 29, I'm going to read a couple of verses here, and I promise you, I don't know how long I spoke this morning, but it shouldn't be too long tonight. 
Uh, so I know it gets uh, dark a little earlier this time of year, so I'll try not to keep uh, keep us out too late. And I know it's really cold. So, uh, But anyway, Proverbs 29, I'm going to start reading in verse 18. <clears throat> and verse 18 says, well, I'm going to actually start reading in verse 17. It says, Correct thy son, and he shall give thee rest. Yea, he shall give delight unto thy soul. Now this is talking about uh, correcting an erring child, right? We know we have to correct them. And he goes on to say, Where there is no vision, the people perish. And we'll talk about this in just a moment. He says, But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. A servant will not be corrected by words, for though he understands, he will not answer. Seest thou a man that is hasty in his words? There is more hope of a fool than of him. He that delicately bringeth up his servant from a child shall have his, shall have him become his son at the length. And you're, and I'm reading these verses and you're thinking, well, how does that apply to 2018? We all have to have a vision for our lives, even still. We all have to kind of end up, or want to end up in some place, right? You remember the first question this morning uh, from the sermon, where does God want you to be? Where have you been in your past? Where are you in your present? And where are you going in the future? You see, that all has to do with having a vision for your life, having a goal, knowing where you want to be and knowing the steps that you can take to get there. And so with that, did I hit it right? Make sure it's turned on. And here we go. <laughs> all right. And so it goes, uh, uh, that word Hebrew there in verse 19, it's a Hebrew word uh, kazon. And it simply means a, a sight, or mentally that is, a dream, a revelation, or oracle, or a vision. Now in this context, I truly believe it's not talking about uh, anything miraculous, but it is talking about individuals uh, having goals and having a vision for, for their life and knowing where they want to be. And I'm going to go ahead and uh, pull up the rest of those. It's, so uh, the word prophetic vision, as in the English Standard Version, it says to be able to see events or to be able to give guidance on circumstances before they occur. In other words, you've lived a life a certain way, you want to know where you want to be, and now uh, you have an idea of where you're going, and so you're going to get guidance on that. You're going to turn to the Bible, so to speak, and and get the information that you need. So the English Standard Version, and believe me folks, I rarely do this, but I am going to use the English Standard Version for this verse just to kind of make some points here. But it says, Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. Now this is a uh, the reason why I switched over to that verse, because this is what happens. If a person doesn't have goals or doesn't have a vision for their life, in other words, uh, they don't know where they're going, they cast off restraint. In other words, they become angry. In other words, uh, they're going to live a life that is not pleasing to God because they have no goal, they have no guidance, and they have no one to tell them how to go. And so if they're not reading their Bible, if they're not putting their trust and their faith in God's Word, they're not going to have any guidance, not any sound guidance uh, anyway. And so uh, what happens is, they, uh, well, let me read that. But blessed is he who keeps the law. Now, he's talking about the law of God here. Uh, of course, the law of Moses. But we can actually absolutely apply that to God's law or the law of Christ as talked about in Galatians chapter, uh, I want to say Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2. It might be James. I, I get those verses confused sometimes. 
but it says, uh, bear each one another's burdens, thus fulfill the law of Christ, uh, teaching us that we are absolutely uh, still under a law today. And so we've got to get people to understand that we do not want people to cast off this restraint. In fact, we want people to have this law of Christ in their life. That's why Jesus said, take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Because Christ's law, believe it or not, contrary to popular belief, Christ's law is there to help us. Christ's law is there to guide us. It's not necessarily restraining in the way that most people think it is. Well, of course it's restraining in some senses. It don't want us to sin. It don't want us to live a life that uh, is unpleasing to God. In fact, Christ's law is there to make sure that we are pleasing to God, that we are doing the things that God would have us do. And so uh, that's how we have to look at it. Remember, uh, let me go ahead and pull up both verses there so you can see them. Uh, Psalm 19 really has a lot to do with, in my mind, a lot to do with uh, general revelation and special revelation. If you go back and read Psalm chapter 19 and verse 1, it, it talks about this general revelation of God's creation. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth forth His handiwork. But I want to focus on this restraint or this law uh, that we should not be casting off. This is a law that we should be applying to our lives, especially in the coming year, while it's still uh, just January, the second week of January, right? So we have plenty of time for this year to uh, make sure that we are living a way that God would have us live. But he says here, it says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. How wonderful is that? God, in His infinite wisdom, remember we talked about sacrifice this morning, and all the things that He has done for us, all the things that Christ has done for us, the most important thing He has done is give us a law to follow, a rule book, so we that know we can know how to live and be pleasing to Him. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. In other words... People don't have guidance. They don't know where to go. Well, we can turn to the law of the Lord and see how He wants us to live. It kind of goes back to what I was, uh, the verses I quoted this morning, Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, how the government will be governed by Him and He will uh, supersede all other governments. And it goes on to say, The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. So here we have a generation today that is lost. Would anybody disagree with that? I mean, we can look at America and see the direction that it's uh, heading in. We were actually talking about that uh, earlier during lunch. We can see that. And how wonderful would it be if we could get people to just look at the Bible, just read the Bible. Do you know what would happen? Well, you've seen those commercials where the light bulb goes off above somebody's head. That's exactly what would happen if people would actually start picking up the Bible and reading it and seeing God's law for themselves. Stop relying on preachers, right? Stop relying on other people to tell you what that law is, but pick it up and read it and see for yourself. I can stand up here and quote Scripture, but until you pick it up and read it and believe it, it's really not going to do you any good for guidance. And so this is what I try to tell people. Put on the law of Christ. 
Because believe me, God had a plan and Christ had a plan. And because they are the perfect examples for us to follow, we need to have a plan too, right? We need to have a plan of how we're going to follow them. And so let's go ahead and pull up these uh, next slides here. I've already talked about, see if there's one more. No, okay. So we understand that God had a vision, right? And so they are the perfect examples for us to follow. And God's vision, as we talked about this morning, was for mankind to be saved. And we looked at this morning all all the sacrifices and everything that God did to ensure that we have a choice. Not that we are forced, you know, and I mentioned this morning, but if I was going to make that big of a sacrifice, if I was going to make that big of a commitment, I would make sure that you all would be forced to do exactly what I say, but God didn't do that. God went through all the effort. God made all the sacrifice. God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins. He did all of that just so that we would have a choice to follow Him or not. That's how important it is to God. So we read passages like Ephesians chapter 1, uh, verses 4 through 6, and I'm going to go ahead and go there and read that now. Ephesians chapter uh, 1, verses 4 through 6. We understand that God had a vision. According as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world. You know, we go back and we read Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Did you know that He had a plan for me? He had a plan for you, every single one of us in here. Before He even spoke those words and spoke this earth into existence, He had a plan. He says, according as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. And make no mistake about it, friends. He made sure that was possible through the blood of Jesus Christ. When He sent Christ to die on the cross for that sin, He gave us everyone a choice as to whether or not we were going to live that way or not. And those of us that are Christians uh, are doing exactly that. He, he said it. He said that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. The only way that is possible is through Jesus Christ. And then He goes on to talk about having predestinated us unto the adoption of children, uh, yeah, by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. You see, He planned that. He predestined that. And now all we have to do is make the choice to follow. You see, that was God's plan from the beginning. He had a plan. And of course, that plan involved His Son as we looked at the same verse this morning. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4. But when the fullness of the time had come, when God's plan, when it was time for God's plan to be revealed and realized to the world, God sent forth His Son, Jesus Christ. Born of a woman, born under the law. That's who uh, Jesus Christ is. That's who God is. And that is the plan that we are living today, if you are a Christian. You see, God gave us the capacity and the ability to not follow Him because He didn't want that. It was the pleasure of His goodwill, according to Ephesians chapter 1, that we have the choice. And so that's a choice that each and every single one of us has to make individually because as I quoted this morning, 
2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 9 through 11 tells us that uh, we are going to stand, each and every single one of us, before God to be judged. Therefore, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. But not only did God have a vision, Christ also had a vision. And Christ's vision was the same vision that His Father had for mankind, coincidentally. Imagine that. (laughs) We can go to the book of John and see, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father, and I and the Father are one, and you can read all these verses that help us understand that Jesus Christ and God had the same vision for us. And of course, we read John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, the same was in the beginning. And so we can read those verses and understand that they are one in plan and one for us uh, to make sure that we have a plan, uh, they had a plan for salvation. And His vision was for man to be saved as well. John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5, we can go and read those verses. I, I talked briefly about them this morning. I just touched on them because I wanted to read them tonight and actually talk about them tonight. And so, we're going to read this, John chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, briefly. And we'll make a few points and then we will move on because I don't want to keep you here too late. But he says here, it says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. And so, uh, same Nicodemus that was a Pharisee. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that movie, Passion, but uh, it's very interesting. But he goes on to say, Uh, The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that, uh, that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Well, we read 1 Peter and we understand that that was the begin, uh, plan from the beginning and he hath begotten us again uh, through the blood of Christ. He has uh, done that for us. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the uh, second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And I remember uh, talking to uh, a gentleman up there uh, at the Alaska State Fair. Yes, I got to experience that. <laughs> Uh, but there was a guy there and they had their tent set up and he was calling people in and he was telling them what they must do in order to be saved. And so I sat down and, and I let him go through his whole thing and I said, well, what about Mark sixteen sixteen? And you should have seen him fall apart. <laughs> he said, well, he, he couldn't explain that verse, right? What, what does that verse have to do with salvation? Well, it has everything to do with salvation. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. So in that verse, he tells us everything that will save us and the only thing that has to happen before we are condemned. And he just couldn't deal with that. But that all has to do with God's vision and Jesus' vision for us. Let me go ahead and pull up uh, the rest of these verses. Let's look at Luke chapter 24, verses 46 through 49, because... I want to look at these verses because it tells about how Christ had told them from the beginning and He kept telling them and He he says, well, let's let's look at it here because I don't want to misquote it. And He goes on to say, "And, and said unto them, Jesus said unto them, Thus it is written and thus it behooved Christ to suffer 
It behooved Christ to suffer. It was written because it was in God's plan from the beginning for our lives. Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. How important is the resurrection? Well, it is of the uttermost importance, as we found out this morning in 1 Corinthians 15. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And he goes on to say, And ye are witnesses of these things, and behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. You see, that was God and Jesus sharing the vision, uh, passing it down to the apostles to make sure that we know what their vision is even today. And then we read verses like Romans chapter 10, verses 17 and 18, and it talks about the preachers going out and how beautiful are the feet of them that preach, and that the sound went out into all the world. What a wonderful thought that is, that during that time, they were able to accomplish so much. You want to know why they were able to accomplish so much? Well, because they had a vision. (laughs) They had a vision Uh, that they were going to follow, they had a plan, they had God's plan of salvation, and coincidentally during that time, it was a plan that people wanted to hear. People today still need to hear that vision. They still need to know uh, God's plan for each and every one of us. So Christ shared, I'm sorry, Christ shared His vision with His followers, and His followers went into all the world uh, during that time. And so now we have to come back to us. We have to ask ourselves, what is our vision? What is our plan? What are we doing to enhance or go forth to spread the vision of Jesus Christ that He shared with His apostles and it was the same vision as His Father? And so we have to ask ourselves, is Christ included in our vision? Let's turn to... Matthew chapter 19, uh, real briefly here. Matthew chapter 19. And we'll read some of these verses here. So we ask the question concerning us, is Christ included in our vision? And here's an example here. It says, the rich young man, he says, And behold, one came and said unto him, Good Master, What good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? Now, this is a very important question. This is a question we need to be asking ourselves today and turning to the book that has the answer. But he goes on to say here, And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. Well, that's the first step for all of us, right? We have to keep His commandments. We have to obey the gospel. That's the springing point, right? That's the jumping off point. Obedience to the gospel is the jumping off point for every single Christian in here. So after we realize that we have to do that, what's next? And he goes on to say, He saith unto him, which, Jesus said, Thou shalt, thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, uh, honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And then, of course, you can go ahead and read the rest of it. And he says, all these things have I kept. And then he said, well, you've got to do one more thing. Sell all your goods and follow me. Well, that's just one step too far. And unfortunately, in this day and time, for so many people, 
that's just one step too far. There's always that one step too far. You telling me I have to be baptized in order to be saved? Whoa, that's just one step too far. Now I believe you. I'm with you right there when you tell me I have to believe. And I'm with you right there when you tell me I have to uh, obey, when I have to repent, when I have to confess Christ. But if you tell me that, well, that's just one step too far. That's just too much for me to hear. Folks, we cannot be afraid. We have to go and speak boldly and speak the truth because that is the vision of the Father and the Son and that is the vision that they shared together. Convert people to Christianity. How much are you letting God direct your vision? That is a very serious question that we have to ask ourselves. How much are we letting God... Are we following our own path? Or are we letting God dictate to us what path we walk? That is the best way. Another question is, how are you making God your priority? And so all these things tie into the fact that we have to have a vision... Not only do we have to have a vision, it has to be the same vision for our lives that our Savior, Jesus Christ, and God the Father has for us. You see, it all ties together. We can't pick and choose what we want to do and then say, okay, leave the rest there on the, on the kitchen table. No, it doesn't work that way. Our vision has to be a part of the greater plan of God's and Christ's vision. And so... Uh, when we talk about it, Christ's vision for our salvation realized, we already know that it is God's plan of salvation. If you're here and you're not a Christian, I would look uh, deep at this slide. I don't know if, how well y'all can see it because the print is kind of small. But that's God's plan of salvation. That's the jumping off point, as I said earlier. This is where we begin. This is where our Christian walk actually starts. And then once we decide to obey the gospel, from that point on, we have to make the decision to let God uh, direct our lives. If you're here this evening and you've not obeyed the gospel, I want to implore you to not leave without making sure that you're right with God because we are not promised tomorrow. James chapter 5 tells us what is our life but a vapor. It's here today. And it's gone tomorrow. The only thing that we can put our hope in uh, for eternal life is the blood of Jesus Christ. If you're here tonight and you've not uh, come in contact with the blood of Christ, why don't you come now as we get ready and stand and sing uh, the song of encouragement.